Cars today are safer, more reliable, and packing more technology than ever before. But if you're looking for an appliance on wheels, this isn't your show. We want to help everyone find a car they'll really love, capable on the commute, and a laugh on your favorite road. If you take the long way home, this is for you. New cars, used cars, whatever your budget, whatever your needs, if you like to drive, we want to help. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. You know, I love cars. Just in case you weren't really wondering about that or had well, any that was news. Any uh, any concerns for me over here? I just I have to get my mm-hmm. daily fix. I have to look at cars daily. You realize this? I have to this, this like is, go to the Porsche this is website or news. BMW. I just have to look at cars. They're just so awesome. You find you find one of your random websites that no one knows exists except for I you. totally you find do. Pristine, you can't afford. I know. I've seen it. By the way, what's actually more frightening is when you find something pristine you can almost <laughs> afford, and then it really gets bad. Speaking of which, one of my favorite sites, that blue Lotus Avora that's been hanging out about seventy grand all this time, mm-hmm. they just dropped the yep. price by five thousand dollars because nobody wants that car. It's just been sitting there, going I, down in price. Can you believe that? If I had your budget, the decision for me would be made it's long just ago. Sitting there, and I would have that car in my garage. For sale. I do not have your budget or your problem. Hey, um, hey, but hey. Uh, yeah, I mean, I look. I'm Lotus biased. I would say get the Lotus, but I realize that's not you. But but yeah, I mean, oh man. Anyway, uh, speaking of I'm cars, just, actually, oh my gosh, we're recording this right before we go to the press days for LA Auto Show. Yeah. For 2015. Yeah. We're going to be at LA Auto Show for the opening day with just about every other journalist you can imagine. <laughs> we will be taking photos, Everyone. probably taking a little bit of video, getting a lot of thoughts and notes because next week's podcast will be our debrief on the LA Auto Show. So definitely look forward to that one. That will be Thanksgiving week here in the U.S., but it will be next uh, Tuesday. You will hear that podcast go out for the LA Auto Show. I'm looking forward to being there this year. There's supposed to be some cool uh, reveals. There's always some cool ones, but this year seems like the list There's is deep. always stuff. And by the way, Porsche is revealing their GT4 Club Sport version of the Cayman, which I am just I'm I'm beside myself. I'm here if you're, and I'm here. If, yes. I'm here and here. If if you're you're sitting right there beside Beso- yourself. Right if, beside uh, yeah. myself. If, if your if your Cayman GT4 isn't hardcore enough, let's get you the even more hardcore version <laughs> Can you believe where this? we take where we take things out of the car and charge you more, which is one of those moments of Porsche <laughs> this is, genius. This is and the you Porsche know way. they will do it. I am going to brace myself because every year Porsche is in the same part of the LA Auto Show and the prices are – it's like I have to bite my lip because the prices are so laughably large because of the options. Because all the ones that come to the Auto Show yeah. are always every option possible and you'll look at a Porsche and you will realize that an entire MSRP of another really good car has been added to the one in front of you in just options. <laughs> I love that. I, I – we're going to take stuff off the car and charge you more for it, and it's going to be even more exclusive, and you're going to want it even more. Here's the car. Yep. You want it. You pay us. No discounts. That's it. It's sort stuff of is, the stuff way has of been, Apple stuff and has been taken off. and yeah. Stuff has been taken off. You can't have that stuff. We won't give it to you. We have <laughs> removed it from the car. You can no longer have those things. Please pay us more money. But it makes it it's, it's better. Fantastic. It really is. Because they've removed time, like yeah. zero to 60 time. Yeah. They've removed time, and they've added horsepower, and they've you know, removed track time and all that stuff. So, yeah. I'm going to yeah, do my best to yada, yada, yada. <laughs> 
We're gonna do my best can, to can blow up the Twitter talk? feed for this for the LA yeah, Auto well, Show. You probably will. You probably I'm gonna will do my best the because there's the some awesome yeah, we'll, we'll stuff coming it. out. There should and, be some uh, very cool stuff. In the meantime, we've got to do a, a couple of car debates, and I challenge this for sure for these. You because did the first you did. one. You is, found Dan, some really interesting ones. I, I love what he writes here. He lives in far north California. Nobody says it like that. <laughs> far north California. <laughs> He's way up there with good driving roads and $37,000 in his pocket asking for a yep. car for next summer. This is a second car. And as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. he doesn't Fun say car. what his first one is. We don't know. Doesn't anyway. matter. $37,000. Yeah, really and doesn't. I also think it's interesting that, that it's $37,000. <laughs> not almost forty, not thirty-five to forty. No, no, guys. I have thirty-seven grand. i am going shopping. Dan, you realize you made a mistake by saying $37,000 because naturally I'm going to round up to forty. And so that's all I did was shop for you at the $40,000 price range because we're here to spend your we're money. We're so helpful. That's why. We're so helpful. So good luck with the $37,000. i am going to spend $3,000 more than that for you. And then this tough one here for car debate number two is Joe in mm-hmm. Manila, Philippines. And we're, we're not experts on the Filipino um, or the, the Philippines car market there, but um, – I, I think it's going to be interesting because he's got three. We're not experts. This is, is so overstating the problem. I cannot even grasp that to, to respond. Yeah, I, I honestly, well, Joe, thank you for listening in the Philippines. Yeah, this that is, is this amazing. Is cool. We have we have really cool analytics thanks to uh, Chris Hayes and our friends at Shout Engine. We have really cool analytics. We can actually see where everybody is listening from worldwide, and it is amazing to see the map is getting more and more populated. There's a ton of folks in Europe. But all the way through Southeast Asia, there's mm-hmm. little dots of folks that are listening. And Manila, Philippines, that's amazing. I'm excited to talk about I, this one, I, even I though I think it might one, break me. Uh, well, I, I think it might break me. I'm so, confused. Huh? But, the story uh, we'll here is there. great, we'll though. This, this is fascinating yeah, we'll because, oh, my gosh. All right, so we'll, we'll describe that. But, uh, yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. And it's, it's very challenging, as you said. That's why I picked it. It is. Uh, it is. We have, know, a, we have another Dan we should talk about up front, though. Oh, yes. Yes. We, we had another, another Dan. He lives here in the U.S., and he's writing to us kind of to thank us at the beginning. He starts by thanking us, and then he asks us a question because he bought recently a 2015 Volkswagen GTI with performance pack. Now, that's a car we've driven and we're impressed with. And as we've talked about recently, if you've ever thought about buying a GTI, now is the time. So, uh, yeah, so he bought one of those, is loving it. However, he drives it in Long Island, New York. He is learning to drive stick. It is his first stick shift car ever. So he's come to us with quite a few questions about, okay, so I'm learning to drive (laughs) stick. Let me throw some thoughts at you and see what your thoughts are. So it's an interesting, hey, thanks for the recommendation. Now what the heck am I doing kind of conversation. Dan, I love this because you've described it as the mean, unforgiving streets of Long Long Island, New York. And personally, I've never driven on Long Island, but... I can only imagine, and and uh, we were we were they driving are, in they Germany. Are mean, they are mean, unforgiven. They're mean and unforgiven. I, I've well, driven there. Yeah, yeah that's when a we were driving in Germany, you know, Todd and I are you know used to driving in L.A. And so Thomas, one of our camera guys, was calling us out as tailgating. And we're going really. Mm-hmm. We're just driving normally here. Although I have yeah, found yeah, yeah, tailgating in Utah is a different story. People really don't like to be tailgated here. They really like their space. And so my driving's changed, as a matter of fact, just by virtue of living here, which is great. I, Mine has too. I agree I, with that. I, I think but, it's a good but here's thing. the thing about LA. But uh, if, if you've never driven in LA and you drop yourself into traffic in LA. Everybody's moving along at 65 miles an hour with maybe two car lengths between them, maybe. Because if you put more than that, someone's going to put their car in that space. So you just learn. You get, you get conditioned to it. Everybody's and moving I, at the I exact same speed. I bet you Long speed. Island is very similar. It's, it's sharp elbows, just, you know, the metaphor, metaphorical sharp elbows. Hey, this is my space. You know, just yeah. like you're walking in New York, it's, you know, this is my space. 
I'm taking it. And so you've got to be really, you know, on it when you're driving. And so you introduce a stick shift into the mix. And uh, that's what Dan, that's what he's asking about here is just a little bit of tips and tricks. And, you know, is he kind of hard in this clutch here? Well, yeah, you bought a mm-hmm. car and you're driving it on Long Island. So, yes, you're going to well, be hard Well, and, and he's never had a stick shift before. He's going to be hard on his well, clutch. But I have, a, yeah. I have a couple of things I want to I point out here. One global thing, and that is, Dan, we get these questions off and on. And here is the real difficulty. It is incredibly difficult for me to talk you through how to drive a stick shift just audio-wise, really hard. I'm happy to sit with people. I've done it a few times, tried to help people get better. And, and, and even with video, it's sometimes hard. But just audio-wise going, so so do this. It's really difficult. I still want to try to address some of your questions. But I feel like this is the worst way to try to talk about driving a stick shift better is <laughs> sure. just in your ear. I'm just talking it through. I'm not even seeing what you're doing. I'm just telling you about it. But the biggest thing is you're worried about wear, wear and tear. And I want to speak to that really quickly, kind of as the primary thing that I, that I want you to kind of release yourself from, and that is think about this. This is your first stick shift car. You're going to be harder on the clutch than you would if this were your second or third stick shift sure. car, or even your yeah. second clutch. That's one thing to think about. The other thing to think about is ultimately at the end of the day, clutches on cars are consumables. They're in that category of tires and brake pads. And this is something that is designed to do something, but sure, ultimately also of. designed to wear out. Not, well, at the same, n- not at the same rate as tires and brakes and that kind of no, thing. No, of course not. No, no, no. You don't not, wanna, not like, anywhere. chew through clutches. I'm on my fourth clutch. No, you know? like, no, absolutely not. That's not what I'm saying. But I guess what I'm saying is even if you drive a clutch wonderfully well and you t- treat it great, at some point it has a lifespan because it just gets worn out and wears down. Yep. Clutches do that. They're designed to do that ultimately. So that's the thing you have to keep in mind, is that you may go through this clutch faster than you want, but it's your first clutch, and it's, it's a clutch. Now, clutches aren't cheap. It's not like getting a brake job done. But ultimately, you're not breaking the car if you go through your clutch. So keep that in mind. It's just, it is ultimately a consumable part. Yeah, yeah, it's part of maintenance, you know, ultimately. But I, I, um, I'm kind of with you. You've got you've to think about in terms of, you know, learn your driving styles and, you know, you're doing well. As you described to us here, when you're preparing for downshifting, it looks like you're getting some heel and towing skills going here, which is great. You're describing that in your, your email here to us, mm-hmm. which is great. And it's you're starting to do the rev matching thing, which is also good. And Dan asked here about just, you know, not coasting into a corner, but you're cruising along fourth or fifth gear and braking, push the clutch in and going straight into second gear. And then you know, letting the clutch out and rolling back onto the power. If you don't time it perfectly, yeah, you can get a little bit of a bump there. It's not mm-hmm. that hard. That's very typical driving, honestly. That you're you're not really doing Agreed. much Agreed. much of the car at all. So Well I would I would say the biggest thing you're doing that's right, Dan, that I would encourage you in is it does sound like you're kind of teaching yourself to heel toe. If you're really heel well I'm gonna step to the side here for a second. If anybody's not following about what heel toe downshifting is, I'm actually going to try and describe it. This is going to be frightening. This is going to be hard. But when you it is. But when you're coming, you're coming to any kind of situation where you need to brake, this happens in track driving, it happens in street driving. If you have a stick shift car, I recommend you heel toe all the time and just get better at it. But ultimately, it's a situation where you need to simultaneously shift and brake. So, of course, your foot goes on the, on the brake, your gas foot goes on the brake, and your left foot goes on the clutch. Well, now you have a problem because you need to get the RPMs up to have a really smooth shift. How on earth do you do that? Well, while essentially 
There's variances to how people do their foot placement, but essentially what's happening is the front part of your foot is on the brake, and the back part of your foot, a la the heel, rolls over and pushes the gas in simultaneously. It's hard to get right, but ultimately you can get better and better at it, especially as you learn a car. That allows you with part of your foot to be cranking the RPMs up because, of course, the engine's freewheeling. You've got Mm -hmm, the clutch in. mm -hmm. If you do it right, you get the RPMs up enough that you are able to slot your next gear and release the clutch with very minimal jerk. Now, when I was taught to stick shift drive, none of this was shared with me. So I was a very kind of bouncy stick shift driver for a long time and then got okay. But it wasn't until, honestly, I got the Saab 92X, which had really good pedal placement. And I just worked on every single shift all the time, heel toe. I finally got to a place where I was really consistent with it. And that right there, Dan, if you get that right, you are already taking so much wear and tear off your clutch in a normal driving situation because you aren't getting that kind of snap into gear Mm -hmm. that is just essentially wearing on your clutch. I mean, my clutch on the 92X, I had a and I didn't drive that car friendly. I just tried to drive it heel-toe all the time. I had a clutch that lasted like 60 or 70,000 miles. Which, which pretty, I felt really good about. That's very you know? good, as a matter of fact. Sometimes clutches yeah. last over 100,000, I mean, depending on well, you know, the car and how it's but driven. But the 100,000 people are probably not driving like I do. Uh, oh, definitely <laughs> they're not. probably not driving hard definitely at all. Not. They're just economy driving. I'm not economy driving, and it lasted that long. <laughs> economy that. driving. But that, well, seriously. Yes. Seriously. Yes. Uh, Dan, it might sound like you're, you know, you got to break your ankle and you're doing the duck walk with your right foot, which is kind of the case. But there's an addition to that, and that is depending on the pedal placement in a car, sometimes you can kind of split the difference. So, yeah, your, your toe is yeah. turned in, but more of your big toe and the ball of your foot is on the brake, and more of the side of your foot is towards the gas pedal, mm-hmm. so the, That's the variance, side yeah. toward mm-hmm. the back of your heel. So you can try and play with that, but, again, it depends on the car, and it depends on not every car is really set up for nice heel-toeing placement. It yeah, just, pedal just placement differ. is huge. Pedal placement is huge, and so is, honestly, foot size. Different oh, people yeah. with different and size, size and shapes of feet. Wearing, it, it totally varies. Yeah. It totally varies what you can do. Yeah, like when I wear too. winter boots, I can do what you're talking about. I can do part of my foot, you know, the ball of my foot on the brake and the, mm-hmm. the right side of my foot where my little toe is can hit the gas. But when I'm wearing normal driving shoes, my foot's not wide enough to do that. But my foot's pretty long, so I can do the other variation that I'm talking about. Anyway, we're off in the weeds. But we usually if are. If you are heel... Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a normal everyday driver show. Thanks for being with us. But, uh, but here's the thing, Dan. If you really are heel-toeing, that is the thing that's going to preserve your clutch the most, and it's ultimately going to teach you to be as smooth as possible, which is my other big thing. Don't worry about fast. Worry about smooth. Oh, yeah. See how, much you cannot, see how much you can not disrupt the car in your shifting, up or down. See if you can not disrupt the car. And the people yeah. that are really good can drive in, in commute traffic, and it doesn't feel like... The car is any different than a, than a really well-tuned automatic. It's just this smooth sensation while they're changing gears. If you can figure that out, you're getting really good at just using your clutch. There's nothing wrong with slow and smooth because slow and smooth become smooth and fast eventually. You know, it's interesting how many people write to us with car debates, and they're asking specifically for manual transmission cars because, you know, among car enthusiasts, Manual transmissions aren't going away. I, at least, I hope they're not. But just because of the, the proliferation of double-clutch mm-hmm. transmissions and how good those are getting, they can't oh, be yeah, ignored. Yeah. But these skills that we're talking about here, those are, those are part of your driving portfolio. And just even knowing how to do that, you never know when you're going to need to get into situations and you're, you're going to have that skill and it's going to serve you yeah, very well. Knows? 
So practicing this is a great thing. And, and like I said, we've got, you know, even Dan here, another Dan on the next car debate here. He's writing us to us from far north California, the upper peninsula of California. Apparently, it, it's, and, like, uh, it's like, is that, is that, is that Orifornia? It's, it's, almost, it's awesome. almost into Oregon. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've never actually been there. I've, I've not really been north of Marin County up there. And he's saying a lot of good driving roads up there. Forget refinement. Forget usability. He wants the most fun car he can get for $37,000 or less. Well, I'm, 37, I'm, 37, I'm ignoring the less it might even be and it might even 37,500 or $37,050. <laughs> He's he clearly has Dan, you clearly have a figure in your head. Yeah, so I think funny. it's interesting you said 37, but you've got an interesting list of cars here, which you're, you're talking about. This is, and I love this. This is your fun car shopping. How rarely do we get to be that focused? Canyon and mountain roads, curvy coastal highways, you know, I don't know if you're going to track this car, but clearly this is a car you're just going to drive for the sheer fun of driving. You've got that kind of money. You've said Boss 302, Camaro uh, 1LE, the Evo X, the FRS, the uh, WRX, the Fiesta ST. You've asked a lot about a lot of the greatest hits and some of those above it because you do have almost forty grand to work with. Interesting list. I want to speak to some of them and a couple you've missed. But uh, where are you on this, Paul? I've got a long list, as a matter of fact. And, Dan, the reason I, I start at 40 is because I always approach it as, that's what the car is advertised for, but I'm going to come in and you might be coming in with cash, which means mm. you can work them down to your budget. So that's why I'm always starting at like 39, 40, yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah. And the great thing about that is you've got a load of options that are opened up to you at that price range, which is so great. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. yeah the, the list that you have on here is good, but I want to add to that with a raft of BMWs, starting with the 228i, which we liked from a driving mm -hmm. perspective. Okay. I want to encourage you to go drive some European stuff. I noticed you didn't have very much European stuff here on your list, but mm -hmm. the 228i, the new one, those are 40 grand. How about a Z4? Yeah. How about an E36 or E46 M3? Go find one of those. E46 would be good. I Ooh. agree with that. E46 would be, you could get a really nice one for that price, a really nice one for that oh, price. Oh, yeah. And that's just a car with enduring character. And I feel like those are kind of on the uptick as well. As as people have priced out E30s to ridiculous places, the E46 is like the next one in line to go up. Yeah. But yep. those, are, those are just flat out good cars. I mean, they're older now. That's the thing to, to worry about a little bit. But there, there's no question that's a flat out good car. Sure. Interesting that you went there. Sure. And, you know, Dan saying reliability is a bit of a concern. But if you're, go, if you're going more of a sports car and you're going to be driving it hard, you know, like we're talking about, there's consumables involved. Just budget yeah. for maintenance as well. So maybe, you know, maybe that's what he's doing. He's got 40 grand of a budget and 3000 for mm. maintenance set aside. and. Who knows? Thirty-seven yeah. for the rest of the car, but yeah, budget well, for he maintenance. He said that, that manual. He said that manual is required. Bless you for that. I'm glad that, that manual is required. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to put you, put another requirement on you, and that is this: especially if you buy a used car. But depending upon what the car is is new, and most of my recommendations, in fact, all of my actual recommendations are used. But I would say whatever car you wind up with, check what tires are on it. And seriously yeah. consider right away getting the best rubber t that you can for that car. Honestly, just just think about that budget-wise and just just plan. I mean, maybe maybe the car you'll get will already have great tires on it. And if it does, awesome. But I would seriously consider that if you get a car that's got all seasons or whatever, if this is really your good weather, fun car, forget all seasons, get some some summer high-performance or ultra-high-performance tires, spend that money on whatever car you get, you will be happier. I like that advice. That's actually great. And if the owner has not done that, because sometimes owners will 
you know, put new tires on a car or something just to get it sold or something like that. Sometimes they go cheap. Other times you get lucky and the owners mm -hmm. have put good tires knows, on it. Yeah. But that's a great thing. I mean, whenever I've bought new cars, new or used, but new to me, I've always done an oil change first thing because, yeah, you might have the maintenance records and all the service and all that kind of stuff, but I want to sort of reset the clock and yeah, just gives instantly, you, a baseline. Mm -hmm. you know, here's my baseline, here's where I'm starting my records, and I just yeah, get an yeah, oil yeah. change first thing. And your suggestion for tires is a great one to add to that list. Just put that well, right especially in because, right off the bat. You know, it's Especially because if you were buying this car for lots of purposes and it winds up with whatever tires it's got on it, great, fine. If you're buying this car as your hooning car, your fun-focused car, then it needs fun-focused tires. Mm -hmm. And those don't yeah. need to ever, do, ever see snow. They don't need to be great in the wet. I mean, decent in the wet. Do some research. But the, the, their focus is, great day, I'm going for a fun drive, the weather's awesome. Get tires for that. Yeah. But anyway, I want to speak to a couple of the things you talked about. Look, on your list... Boss 302, we like. There is no question you would enjoy that car. I actually think Boss 302 over Camaro in this scenario. I think the, the Boss is going to feel do more really? focused and interesting. It's, I do. It's a little I bit do. more I, hardcore of a car. It's more raw, yeah. which I think might be I think for what to him. he's talking about. The thing I appreciate from what Dan's saying is he's not concerned about refinement or usability. He's mm -hmm. wanting that focused thing. And that's why I see your BMW thing, but I've actually gone a lot more hardcore than that. The Evo X, I think you have to consider. Yeah. I think you have to consider the Evo X. Honestly, as much as I like the FRS, the WRX, and the Fiesta ST, as much as I really like those cars, I think you can buy better than all of them. You have the budget to buy better than all of them. There is one I'm shocked isn't on your list, and then I'm actually going to end with my sniper shot. This is your car. Okay. Wow. You've, you've, you're calling one, it, are you? I am. I'm calling my shot. But one Ooh. I'm surprised is not on your list because we talk about it a lot, and I know you've been following the show for a while, and that is, honestly, you should look at Cayman S. Look at the Cayman S. There it is. Yep. You have to. For thirty-seven grand. I mean, I'm guessing you were going to say that, Paul. Am I correct? It, it is. It's on my list here among others, but that is absolutely on the list. 100%. You have to look at that. I mean, there's no question that that belongs on the list, especially considering this is the reason that the FRS and et cetera goes off my list. Because if you can actually get a Cayman S, a really nice, fairly new Cayman S, oh, yeah. and you can for your budget, then that's better than the FRS. Let's be honest. Okay? So there's that. However, 37 grand, Dan, I'm looking at options. I'm thinking about your request. And then I suddenly went, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why am I looking around? You don't care about refinement. You don't care about usability. You want a fun car. You have almost 40 grand to spend. Hello, Lotus Elise, beginning <laughs> and end of discussion. I know it, I know it, I done. know it. <laughs> it does everything we're talking about. There's no refinement. It's not usable. It is just a fun car. And if yeah. you get one for 37 grand, you'll probably get a decent one. You get one for 37 grand. If you want to sell it in a year, guess what, Dan? You'll be able to sell it for 37 grand. Yeah, you can get a pretty nice car. I mean, that is essentially just an extruded piece of aluminum with a little bit of carpeting and an engine screwed to it. There is nothing in terms and of creature comforts. And it's all the comforts. better for it. It's There's, all the better for it. You know, refinement, you know, yes, we understand refinement might mean sound deadening, that kind of thing. I mean, the car is refined, it's well built, but there's no sound deadening. It is as raw an experience it's as just, you can possibly get. Yep. And you can find that one. I, I would add, as, as sort of a raw feeling, the Honda S2000, you could save sure. a load of sure. money, but then, you know, we've got budget to work with here. And so I think, huh, mm -hmm. what about the 996 generation Porsche 911? Those are really nice ones. Easily. Bang. Yeah. 40 grand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. But I definitely. keep coming back to the Cayman S. You've got to at least drive that and benchmark it and then go drive the Evo mm -hmm. X or the Boss 302 or whatever it is. And like I said, some of these other BMWs could be interesting to you, but... Uh, 
you know, make sure you keep some money set aside for maintenance. But mm-hmm. man, I, I love this because it's just, it's total fun car. It's not, it has yeah, to do something absolutely. else too. It's just no, raw. No, not at all. Not so at just all. think yep. raw and you're there. Yeah, and I honestly think you, you, you've kind of made, made me realize this. I feel like there's a top four here. That if I, if I was talking to Dan and you were sitting in front of us, Dan, I would say here are four cars you need to go drive before you decide. We've mentioned them all. Go drive the Boss. Go drive the Evo. Go drive the Cayman S. Go drive the Lotus. One of those four, I think, is going to speak to you to do everything you're wanting it to do. If it's me, 37 grand, Lotus, done. But that may not be you. Yeah, and I think yeah. it, those four cars, they are very different in personality, but yet none of them has anything to apologize for being just your fun car. They would be great at that. So Agreed. I think that would be a great four. Agreed. I mean, yeah, that kind of price range opens up a raft of Audis and BMWs and Mercedes, and I say – Forget all that stuff. Just think raw, these cars. I would add the E46 to that list as well. That is an interesting car that you've got to go. You it know, is. Either it a is. 36 I or a 46. I, I mean, if you, get, uh, if you spend that kind of money on those cars, you can get one that with fairly low mileage that's pretty nice. So that might be. You could get a gorgeous E46. You know, that, that might I just alleviate don't know that I would your. That. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to recommend it. I, I think that would alleviate the it's, fears it's of It's worth driving. It's very worth driving Absolutely. because you're going to get it for for you know two thirds of your budget, and then you're going to feel comfortable in you know what does it need. Well, I, I see I, that. I, I go back that. to those because any later BMW is going to be bigger and heavier and get away mm-hmm. from that oh, raw yeah. feeling yeah, that yeah, he yeah. wants. And mm-hmm. so I think, all right, those thirty sixes were like a go kart. So you know, yeah, by okay. now they're kind of beat on. And but if you can find a really nice one, that might be that might be cool too. So. You know, I, honestly, I, I want to say two things. First off, um, if if you have not rated this podcast, please rate the podcast because that helps us. But I'm also I'm accusing myself of the same thing I was about to accuse you of, and that is I think we're stalling. I think we're stalling from getting to Joe's question in the Philippines because <laughs> so, it is <laughs> a difficult question. I do think – I think we could take five more minutes and just stall our way there, but we really ought to talk about Joe's question from the Philippines and I am genuinely daunted by this, Joe. You have a very detailed conversation going on here. The, the short version is this. You have a tiny commute. So it's, it's like a four-mile commute, but it takes about mm-hmm. a half hour through major traffic to get to your office. Most of the time when you do that, you're being driven by a chauffeur. So you like to have a car you can sit in the back of. And I think, okay, I know where we're going. I got this. And then you throw in a couple of things. Yeah, but on weekends, you like to drive that car, Joe, and you like to drive it fast and hard and have fun. Well, now we've got a very different car in our hands. Oh, and by the way, you have a wife, two kids, and a nanny or two that will join the conversation. So now we're talking six people in this car. <laughs> so my mind, I, at this point, at this point, my head hurts, honestly. I'm sitting here going, I got nothing. Well, To your I mean, credit, you have multiple cars. That, that is the helpful thing here. And it's, he, he does because of these needs that you're describing – and I, I, I almost think the story behind this is almost – it may strike us here in a moment, so I'll go with it. But, okay, so the BMW, he's got also got the Toyota 4Tuner, which is a 4x2. It looks like it's not a four-wheel drive, but he's got that because of the flooding. So we've got weather and flooding. He has uh-huh. chauffeuring needs, and then he's got family needs, and the six people in yep. the car because a nanny for each kid. So <laughs> – this is amazing. All right, so here we go. So yeah, he's got the four tuner. BMW five twenty five. BMW five two five. Two thousand two. Four tuner. Recent one. Yep, and yep. he's also got the Mazda three in here, which as I the runabout. Yeah, I find interesting because we have talked about on the podcast before about how about a car that's just a knockabout runabout. You want to just head to the store. Mm-hmm. You need to get mm-hmm. something real quick. 
you're maybe not using it for work. So you got these three cars, but Joe, I'm thinking about trying to combine uses out of some of these, but maybe that's not possible because of every car has its place. Every car has its, you know, what you use yeah. it for is a particular need. Maybe we can't. I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, here's the thing. He he's clearly said he wants to keep the Mazda three is the newest one, and it's the little family runabout for let's go get groceries, let's go get this random thing. All of a sudden, that, and look, that's 2014 Mazda three. We're fans of that car. I see that it's your newest one. Keep it. I get that. But you're deciding between this big SUV that clearly can haul the whole family and is great for if you have any flooding or whatever, and then you have the five series. The five series has been your go out for a nice night, but it's also been your go out for a fun drive car. So it does a lot of things. It's the car to be chauffeured in. It's the car to drive hard. And it's the car to go out for a nice evening. That's covering a lot of bases at once. And your question is, should I sell the 5 Series or should I sell the big SUV and get something in replacement? Because what you want, what you're asking us about is, guys, I need the car with gravitas I can be chauffeured in that is going to be more fun on my fun drives. And honestly, I kind of want to go somewhere and uh, lay on an ice pack. I hurt <laughs> thinking about this. Seriously. Oh, my I gosh. Just, this is difficult. This is difficult. The biggest I have a twist thought. here is, is the price that he's given us. Mm -hmm. Because yep. I can tell that he's thinking about selling two cars and putting that money, maybe combining it with a little bit more and getting a fun car out of that. So yeah. look at this. Uh, he's saying in Philippines, cars are very expensive. So the price generally, a rule of thumb, is about two times the price in the United States. So a yeah. Toyota Corolla costs $25,000 U.S. there. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. And an entry-level 3 having, Series would be about 90000 Oh my gosh. Having driven a recent Corolla, a uh, recent new Corolla, I have to say it's not worth the fourteen they're charging. For, no, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so, so this is a big question. The, the, thing that, the thing that is a little bit of a mystery here is I'm, I'm kind of unclear about what his ultimate capping budget is. So I'm going to play a little fast and loose with his budget. He's talking about selling either car, maybe selling both cars, being able to add some money to that. We don't have like an upper level figure. Um, I have a couple of thoughts here, but I'll be honest with you, Joe, this, I am the closest to stumped on this I've ever been. I'm almost thinking that any of these cars should be up for sale because Joe's suggesting sell either the 5 Series or the 4-Tuner and getting a fun car, meaning keep the Mazda. But what about combining the – I'm thinking keep the 4-Tuner because of weather and because of family, and it sounds like it's a bit bigger. I agree. And he can get I everything agree. in there. I think there. that one has to I stay. I say keep it. I think it that one stays. And think mm -hmm. about selling the 5 Series and the Mazda, one or both of them, to get the fun mm. car. And my mind runs to BMW since you're using it for chauffeuring purposes to go to work. Sure. And sure. fun car trips. And then maybe you could mm -hmm. use it for golfing and grocery stores and that kind of thing. And so I come back to like, he, he's already in the BMW category. What about just bumping up to like an M3, a four-door M3 from there? If you mm. can get, get, the, to, get the E90. Yeah, I see where you're yeah, going. Yeah, scrape where you're some going. money together and get the four-door M3 or what about you like BMWs? So what about an M5? You know, like the uh, was it the E39 M5? Um, yeah. Well, you're right. That's older. But you know, I hadn't even. I, I know this is weird. Like I that. hadn't even thought about that generation M3. If he gets that four door, that actually is the that, honestly that's a great recommendation. I hadn't gone there. If he gets that four door, that looks. You know, it looks classy, but it's got some anger about it. If you were sitting in the back of that getting chauffeured, that's a nice, classy BMW. In in a way, this is going to sound weird, in a way that the coupe isn't. 
The coupe looks more like a sports car. You get the four-door. That just looks like a really nice kind of it's got it's got some personality mm. executive sedan. And then if you want to hoon that on the weekends, it's ready to go. I think that's honestly I hadn't gone there. I think that's a great choice. You're making me your descriptions is now making me think of uh, GTOs. And then I'm going to Holden because Australia is close. So do they sell Holdens there, Joe? And could you go something like uh, what we have here is the Chevy SS? Could you go bigger, yeah, the, but still powerful, but still generally fun? Could my, you go my, something my from question Holden? there? I think it. I think it does it. But here's my concern there. My concern there is I don't know that that has the gravitas it needs. For I'm sitting in the back being chauffeured. I think the I think, think the four door so. M3 does. I don't know. I I I don't know how they're perceived in the Philippines. Okay. Right, the, the problem with the Chevy right. SS here. If you were being driven in the back of a Chevy SS here, you're being driven in the back of a rental car. This is the problem with the Chevy SS to yeah, begin with. True. Okay. True. It's it has no gravitas at all here. I don't know how the Holdens are perceived there. I don't know what the price is. I do see where you're going though. I like that. I actually like your your M3 thing. I, I'm almost. I'm almost declaring that the winner. I have one more, though, that honestly, mm, okay. after I read this description and I thought about it for a while, Joe, I thought, I have your car. The problem is I don't know that you can afford it. And I know that's a terrible way to recommend it. But I honestly felt feel like you keep the Fortuner. You need the big family SUV. You have the Mazda 3. Now, there's an offshoot of this, and that is... Could you get something cheaper than the Mazda 3? Could you sell the 3 and get a used Honda Fit to do the same thing mm, the Mazda 3 does and right. free up more money? I don't know. I'm, I'm off. You know, I'm really off. I'm wondering if I know what you're going to say. I'm, I'm eager for you to say but, it because I'm wondering if I but know. But here's the thing. I'm thinking about a car that if you were seen in the back of, A, you're comfortable. B, it's classy. You think, oh, wow, he drives around and he gets driven around in that car. That's very cool. But then it's a gorgeous Early morning on a weekend, you want to go somewhere and drive a gorgeous road fast and feel like this car is fun and it's a driver-oriented car. I landed one place. Okay. And that's used Porsche Panamera. That's it. I knew it. I knew it. That's you're right. I just it's but it's they're out of the be, price range that we're working with. They're I think they're I too think, expensive. I think I think I think so, but that, but I'm not sure. I mean, the price range from information here is a little fuzzy. And the conversions of fuzzy, I was looking them up. I mean, I actually looked up Panameras. It appears that a used V6 Panamera is somewhere in the neighborhood of seventy dollars to $100,000 equivalent, okay, a used V6 Panamera. Now, while that's painful because here it would be forty five grand for that car mm-hmm. used, mm-hmm. I don't know how far you can reach. And I feel like that's just maybe just out of reach of your budget based on your description. So that's why I'm a little confused. But my, I feel like that is the car that best answers exactly what you're looking for. I think I so also too. think it's just above where you are, which makes me like your uh, four-door M3 idea even more because I think it's it's in that same vein. Um, but the 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 Panamera is actually going to be the nicer car to sit in the back of than the M3. And it's but fun the to drive. We found that car oh, to genuinely. be great genuinely. handling, fun as to is, drive. As is the M3, but the M3 yeah. is not as nice in the back. It just isn't. The, the Panamera no, in the back be. is a car you could be chauffeured in. It just is. That's a great – Joe, could you – I don't know if people do this. I mean, with Europe, they do. You know, we, we have European delivery. We can – you know, if you want to buy something in Europe or Germany, you can have it shipped back. That that is feasible. It's not out of the question. Could you buy it yeah. in the U.S. and have it shipped over? And 
try to save money. Sure I don't know what the importation. I'm sure laws. there's exorbitant taxes and yeah. And see, that's Who what knows? you get into but, is the problem. But you know, yeah. But that would be my my that. dig around dig around, Joe. I'm not entirely sure based on your info here of your budget if that's possible. Even like I say, even if it's like dump the the Mazda three, not because there's anything wrong with it. I actually like the Mazda three, but what about a used Honda Fit? Could you get one of those for half the price of the Mazda three? Get like a 2011 Honda Fit as your runabout. It's not as nice a car, but if it's your runabout, mm-hmm. free up some more mm-hmm. money that way. Do that in the 5 Series. Reach for a Panamera. I think you'd be thrilled with that car. And I actually think this. Here's the offshoot. I think while the E90 four-door M3 is cheaper to buy, I think the Panamera would be cheaper to run. Definitely agree. I, my mind is going to used European cars that were expensive, new, and plummeted in value, like Audi S8s and all yeah. the Jags and some of the higher-end But higher not as fun BMWs. to drive as that M3 or the... But that's the problem. Yeah. Or the Panamera. I mean, that this is this is really the 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 fact that we're trying to merge. I need to be chauffeured and I need to hone this car. Those don't really go together in any normal worlds, <laughs> and that's why where I feel like honestly, it's where yeah. I feel like the Panamera kind of gets it done. But we're dealing with a real price discussion here. I hope it's we've a, helped, Joe. Yeah, it's pretty um, up there. But but it's uh, this this is tough, man. And I I applaud you for really trying to solve this problem. And uh, I'm glad you had more than one car in your garage. Because if you said one car, I would have been like, I, I, I don't have an answer for you. Thank God you've got more than one. I'll see. This keep is why I picked this. Because it stretches And keep us, us informed. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like it stretches us trying to, to recommend things. And even though, like you said, we might not have solved it from the financial equation, hopefully if you get a, thinking along those lines. And, and like I said, the, you know, the used European cars that have come down in value, whether it's the Panamera or the BMWs or whatever that is. And, you know, start searching around there. And, yeah, it's – it's uh, that's such a tough you know, one. I like, the, I like the Audi S7 too, but it's not as fun to drive. The it's, S7. It's a cool car to be in. S7, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and even an A7. Or even A7. I even mean, a, yeah, A7's, A7's the, yeah, you're the right. V8. You could save a little bit of money. That might be interesting too. Because it's it well, shows A7, the uh, A7's the the, the to supercharge. It's the to supercharge uh, Supercharged, six. yeah. But, uh, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, that's – you know, that's why we compared Ooh, those two cars. It's that might be less expensive, you know that, than the it Panamera. I'm sure it would be, but it's not as much fun to drive. It's the fun-to-drive element that makes this so hard. Sure, but it's not slouchy. It's not a canyon of no, difference between the right. Panamera. So that's relatively speaking. I would say that the A7 should be on that list, too. Honestly, now okay. that you've said that, I think that's that fair. should be way up yeah, there. Yeah, that's fair. Um, all right. Well, well, Joe, anyway. thanks for thanks for writing us and thanks for listening all the way from the Philippines and taking the time to write to us and challenging us. I am very pleased you did it, <laughs> even though it kind of hurts me a bit. Uh, again, we'll be back next week with the L.A. Auto Show discussion. In the meantime, yes, lots and lots of editing is occurring for this year's feature film, Pilgrimage, all about our jaunt across Germany. And uh, if you're looking for us, it is probably slash Everyday Driver wherever you are. Oh, also, we're about to be on the Smoking Tire podcast soon. I can't tell you when that episode will be out, but we're going to record an episode of Smoking Tire podcast when we're in L.A. Looking forward to seeing our friend Matt and talking that through, so we're looking for that as well. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And uh, anything slash Everyday Driver, and keep the, the, uh, the interesting ones coming. We like these car debates, as you can see, with interesting twists. It always challenges us, and if we've missed something here... Please write to us. If you've got some great ideas, we can pass that along and, uh, you know, just keep keep it coming. We, we like the ideas and all the suggestions you give us. So really appreciate you listening and watching. And, uh, yeah, really looking forward to sharing this film. It's it's really coming together. So I'm I'm excited. I mean, I know you're deep in the weeds editing, but I'm excited by oh, it. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's going to be awesome. So in the meantime, 
until next time, really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yeah.